Well, right where you are, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. And we believe that the word of God will quicken your heart today. I believe the word of God, it will empower, it's going to empower you, it's going to strengthen you, but I believe it's also going to equip you in the season. This is not a season where we just sit back and, in, and just endure and just kind of twiddling our thumbs and just saying whatever will be, will be. It's not a time where we sit back and just wait for the, wait for this time to pass and saying, okay, well, yeah, we'll get, no, we have to, we, we, as believers, as leaders in the body of Christ, we have to take our position. We have to take our position and we have to take our place. And, and, and I believe that we are on the cusp and we are in the midst of the greatest days that the church has ever, ever seen and ever known. I believe the word of God and things that have been prophesied through the ages are pointing to today. They're pointing to this moment. They're pointing to this time. They're, point, they're pointing to the, the greatest revival this, the, the world has yet to see. I believe it's pointing to the time where Zechariah talks about where the latter rain and the rain all come together at the same time. I, I believe it's a, it's a time that Jesus was pointing towards where it talked about the last days. I believe God is, he has already poured out his spirit, but I, I believe that there is an awakening going on. I believe there's an empowerment going on. And I believe it's not a time where we just sit back and just wait for this to pass by, but it's a time where, where we, 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 we pick up the word of God. I believe it's a time where we, 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 we gird ourselves with the truth of God's word. I, I believe it's a time where we lift up our shield of faith, where we, we put on the, the, the breastplate, where we put on our helmet of salvation, our, 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 our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, where we have the sword of the spirit in our hand. And I, and I, and it's a time to, it's a, it's a time for, for, uh, we're not just sitting back, but it's a time for prayer. It's a time for, for, for taking a step into the word of God greater. It's a time to seeking his face like never before. And it's a time to, to step out and release the presence of God and the word of God into those around us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn to them in Joshua, Joshua chapter 21. And man, what a powerful word Dr. Savell uh, released to us last week. And, and man, such an amazing word. And, and uh, I'm, I'm telling you, just to continue to go back and listen to what our apostle deposited into our hearts and continue to pray over him. Uh, and also and encourage you also, if you didn't have the chance to go back to, to uh, KCM.org, go back to uh, BVOV and, and listen to the messages that Dr. Savell and the messages that Kenneth Copeland uh, spoke over these last several days. And I'm telling you, you need to encourage your faith with those words. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And uh, I, I want to read... Uh, you know, before I say, say this, I, I've been ministering to you. What's been my heart as your pastor in, in this season is, is talking about that, that in the midst of this time, always realize God is our refuge and God is our peace. You know, he, uh, the Holy Spirit just kept speaking to me throughout this, you know, the last six months and, 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 and just talking about, you know, as a pastor, what, I, what am I to release? And, and that's why he kept talking to me. Simplify, Justin. Simplify. 
And what does simplify mean? It means to re- reduce down to the basic essentials. It means to reduce down to those things that are priority. And, I, and I'm telling you, more and more as we, we go in this time, I believe it, it's still such a word in season that, that we have to simplify, simplify, that we have to keep the main thing, the main thing, that we have to continue to, to, to hold to uh, the things that last. The things that are eternal. And that's why I'm telling you, and we, we talked about that for weeks to come, simplifying who are you with, simplifying about the word of God being the most important thing in our lives. Amen. And I want to read to you the, the, the prophetic word that Dr. Savell gave us uh, last week. I mean, I want to remind you one of the prophetic word for 2020. One is 2020, God is opening a new door. And bringing about supernatural increase like never before. Don't let go of that word. That word is just as much today as it was the day that he released it to us back in, back in, in, in September. But last week he also sp- spoke a word by the Holy Ghost into our lives as a word of encouragement. And it says this. It says, do not fret and do not fear. I still plan to give you a supernatural year. It's not over and you will not fail. Didn't I tell you that the gates of hell will not prevail? Rest in my, rest in me and I'll see you through and I'll bring to pass all that I said I would do. So thank your father in heaven that you have a choice. You can choose to fear or you can choose to rejoice. So rejoice and do not cease. This is how you tap into my supernatural peace. Amen. I think, I think you need to rejoice right now, right where you are. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we choose to rejoice. We choose to rejoice. We choose to rejoice. Hallelujah. No matter what it looks like, no matter if we've been laid off or if we've been furloughed or, 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 or what we're, what's taking place, the things, even the natural that we don't understand, the things that are hard or difficult, but we choose to rejoice in you and we choose to tap into your supernatural peace today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the word. We have to hold to the prophetic word. We have to hold to this word. You see, God has bound himself by his word. God has has made an oath. God has made promises. As we look at this word, we have an Old Testament and we have a New Testament. And this is a... This is a word of covenants. This is a message of covenant. It's a message of promises. It's a message of oath. It's a, it was a message to the, it was a message to his people. It was a message to his nation. It was a message to you and I. His word. His word. You, you, when we talk about, uh, how, we talk about the just living by faith. We talk about without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When we talk about faith, it's, it's about having faith in what he said. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What does that mean? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Meaning our faith is established when we get to know him. When we get to know his nature, when we get to know his character. 
It's not about memorizing scripture. It's not about memorizing formulas to faith, but it's, a, it's about getting to know him. I'm telling you, your faith will only rise to your revelation of who he is. Your faith will only rise to the level where you understand that his word is final authority. That if God settles it, that settles it. His word. If he spoke it, his, what the song, his, his word is a lamp unto my feet and his word is a light unto my path. Meaning if he spoke it, it's going to direct my way. It's going to direct my steps. See, this is a word of covenants that we have to grasp, that we have to, we have to lay hold of. I'm telling you, God is faithful to his promises. We can have hope today because that he will not lie. Let's look at this in Joshua 21 and verse 43. Hallelujah. I'm going to read in the Amplified. Thank you, Father. It says, And the Lord gave to Israel all the land which he had sworn to, get, to, to give to their fathers. Now get this. The Lord gave to Israel. He gave to his people. Not just that, but he gave to his covenant people. All the land which he had sworn. He had sworn. Meaning... He had sworn. He had spoke something. He had sworn something. Now, this word swore, this word, it's also a word oath. Now, if we look at the word oath and we look at the word sworn to something, this is not just the way you and I see where we make a promise or we make a commitment, but the root of this word swore or this, the root of the word oath means confined. It means to, it means to be restrained. Mean, meaning when this was spoken, because it was an oath, all of a sudden now it is a restraint. Meaning because God spoke something, when God declared something, all of a sudden he confined himself to something. He, he restrained himself to something. He, he confined himself to what he spoke. What does confined mean? It means to be bound to. So what says this? And the Lord gave to Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they possessed it and they dwelt in it. Now, it's interesting that it said they had to possess it and they had to dwell in it. It, it, it didn't happen automatically. It just it just didn't take place. But but it was something that God had confined himself to. It was something that he spoke, but they had to possess it and they had to dwell in it. What that means? What did that mean? They had to take a step to go into that land. And they had to possess it just like you and I. Hey, God has made a promise. God has made a decree. But you and I, through faith, we have to possess it and we have to dwell in it. Meaning we have to, what is dwelling? We, we sit down and we take it. We sit down and we remain. We say that word is mine. That word is for me and I possess it. Then verse 44 says, the Lord gave them rest round about. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The Lord gave them rest. When they possessed it. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 
and they dwelt in it. It said, the Lord gave them rest round about, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Thank you, Father. Not one of all their enemies withstood it to them. Thank you, Father. Think about it. The Lord gave them rest round about, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies withstood. Not one of all their enemies withstood them. Hallelujah. Think, your enemy cannot overtake you. Your enemy doesn't win. I declare coronavirus doesn't win. Hallelujah. The enemy doesn't win in your life. Not one of all their enemies withstood them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hands. There failed no part of any good thing which the Lord had promised to them. Wow. Man, this is a scripture you need to meditate on this week. There failed no part of any good thing. There failed no part of any good thing which the Lord had promised to the house of Israel all came to pass. Woo! How, you need to give God a shout of praise right now. Hallelujah. There failed no part of any good thing which the Lord had promised to the house of Israel. What has God promised you? What has God spoken to you? It said that no part, no, no part of any good thing which the Lord had promised to the house of Israel all came to pass. All came to pass. And I declare everything that God promised in you, everything that God promised over you, I'm telling you, it will all come to pass because this is a year of supernatural increase. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. There failed no part of any good thing. What good thing has God spoken to your heart today? This year, last year, 20 years ago. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to declare that over your life. I want you to say this with me. Say, I declare today that no part of any good thing which the Lord has promised me, it will all come to pass in my life in Jesus' name. See, he swore it. You see, this is covenant language. These are covenant words. Think about it. We're, 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 we're celebrating a covenant feast this week. We're, we're celebrating the Passover. Thank you, Father. A covenant. This covenant that, that God was going to deliver them out of Egypt. And that God was going to bring them into a promised land. Thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just pray in the spirit just for a moment. Oh, we praise you, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. Oh, you are faithful. Hallelujah. Father, I just release my faith. Hallelujah. Over our church congregation and all that are listening and all that are watching, Father. I thank you that they will not let go of your promises today. 
but I declare everything that you promised will come to pass. I want you to turn to, go ahead and turn to Hebrews. Turn to Hebrews. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, chapter 6. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We glorify you, Lord. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, it says, That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Be followers of those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. See, it was going to be through faith and it was going to be through patience. See, right now, while you're waiting for things to come to pass, you need to release your patience. You need to let patience have its perfect work in your life. James 1 tells us that when we let patience have its perfect work, it says that we would be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let, have, let faith and patience have its perfect work. And then we would inherit the promise. Verse 13 For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing, I will bless thee in multiplying. I will multiply thee. Think about this. This was the promise made. This was covenant that God was making with God's people. And he was saying, I'm going to multiply you, Abraham. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to increase you. He says, surely, surely. See, that's a covenant word, meaning, meaning I, I'm going to do this. It's going to come to pass. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. What does patiently endure mean? Meaning as he continued to hold to the promise. As he continued to hold on to what God has said. And I want to encourage you. You need to continue to hold on to what God has said. Remember what we said when God said it. Every good thing that God declared would come to pass. All, everything he said would come to pass. Thank you, Father. It says, for men swear by the greater. This is verse 16. And an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. What does that mean? When the covenant was made, when the oath was made, it settled it. Meaning when God made a covenant with Abraham, it settled all strife. There was no more, there was no more argument. There was no more, is this going to come to pass or could this come to pass or will this happen or will this take place? No, when God said it, it settled it, it ended all strife. Meaning it settled it. There's nothing that needs to be argued because it's a done deal. It settled it. Why? Because God made a covenant. God declared something. God spoke something. Verse 17 Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. Think about it. Wherein, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. The heirs, who's the heirs of promise? That's you and me. You and me. The immutability of his counsel. And he confirmed it by an oath. What does immutability mean? It means unchangeable. 
It's unchanged. Meaning when God spoke it, that settled it. When God spoke it, what he said all of a sudden now became unchangeable. Hallelujah. Verse 18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Hallelujah. That we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that's set before us. Wow. Verse 18 again, that by two immutable things, by two things that are unchangeable. What were the two things that were unchangeable? It was his promise and it was his oath. It was because what he promised and what he confined himself to. It was because of those two things that don't change. It said because of those two two things, we have a strong consolation. We have a strong confirmation. Why? Who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. See, we have a refuge. You have a refuge today. What is that refuge? What do you run into? You run into the promise of God. You run into what he said. You run into what he's declared. You run into the prophetic word. You run to what God's declared. You run into him. You run into what this word says. And when you run into this word, because it doesn't fail, it doesn't change. And what is that? We, we, they run into this refuge. They fled for the refuge And they laid hold of the hope set before us. I'm telling you, this word in your heart should produce hope on the inside of you. When you meditate on his promises and you meditate on what he declared and you meditate on his oath, I'm telling you, and you run into that. I'm telling you, it is hope. You run into hope. I'm telling you, what is our refuge today? It's in hope. It is the hope. In the fact that his word is settled. Yes. He doesn't lie. Right. He doesn't change his mind. Psalms 80, 85, I believe it says, 86 or says, says, it doesn't even alter the thing that's gone out of his mouth. In verse 19, it says, which hope we have. Woo! Is which hope we have. This, this refuge, this hope that we, we, we flee to, this hope that we have as an anchor of the soul. You see, now more than ever, you need your soul anchored. You see, your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. And you need to, your, our soul needs to be anchored no matter what report comes, no matter what happens. See, your soul is your mind, it's your will, it's your emotions. And right now, when you hear different things, maybe you're watching the news, maybe you're having, you're having challenges with your children, maybe you're, you're having challenges with your workplace, your finances, filing unemployment, whatever the situation is in this situation, I'm telling you, your soul can be all over the place. Tossed to and fro. Up and down. The word will say that the word talks about in Ephesians that we're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that that we're hearing so many different things that is tossing us to and fro. But I'm telling you, you and I, we have a hope. We have a covenant. We have a word. And it's in that word that we flee to because that word is our hope. And we have a hope. We have a hope which is an anchor to our soul. It anchors our soul. Now, I, growing up, I grew up in Maryland and I grew up on the water and we did a lot of crabbing and, 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 
and fishing and what we call tonging. And that's, that's, you know, doing, catching clams and those things. And, and so we would go out on the boat often. And I remember as a young child, we also, we would have these sand dunes that we would, we would, we would go to in the summertime and, and, and we would do picnics on those sand dunes and, and uh, the, the dunes that would just come up out of the water. All of a sudden water's totally surrounding you and you would, you would just come and you dock right there by the, by the, on, on the little, the sand dunes, the, the sandbars is what they call them. And, and, and we're, and we're, we would dock our boat there. And, and I remember as a kid, I'd be with my grandfather and I remember one t- one, one day when I was young and, and he, he said, he he said, uh, 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 "Throw over the anchor," and 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 so as 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 a as a young as a young kid, I I took this anchor I could barely barely take, and and I, I just hoisted it over over the edge of of the bow of the boat, and 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 the anchor went in, and and all of a sudden, my father said said my grandfather was like, "Oh, oh no," he said the rope wasn't attached to it. Good thing it was a sandbar. <laughs> Because we were able to get the, we were able to get the anchor. But the thing is, is the anchor isn't, see, the anchor is God. The anchor is God. What is hope? In the Old Testament, there's a word, the word hope. If you look it up in the Hebrew, the word hope in the, in the Hebrew is the word rope. Look it up. It's the, it's the word rope. And I want you to stand is, is our hope is what we hold on to. That anchors us to God. You see, our hope is the anchor. Our hope that our hope is is tied to God. You know, I remember years ago, Dr. Savell spoke a message and he talked about how mega storms and he talked about mega comms and he, and he also talked about a message about, about, about tying on, you know, if you're hanging on by a rope and he, and he talked about you're tying that rope around you and, and hanging on and not letting go. I'm telling you, don't quit right now. Don't quit. Don't give in. Don't go throw in the towel right now. I'm telling you, you have to release your faith. You have to allow the hope of God. To be the very thing that's your, re- your refuge in this season, in this time. Which hope we have is an anchor to the soul. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. The Passion Translation says in verse 18, So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which he sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. And where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us, he is now forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. Wow. We have a hope. Why? Because we know that Jesus went into the Holy of Holies. We have a hope because when Jesus went into beyond the veil, he settled it. He established it. He sealed it. And I'm telling you, we have a hope today. And I'm telling you, I want to encourage you, run into that hope. 
hope. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter one, verse three says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever living hope. Hallelujah. Wow. By his boundless mercy, we, his mercy, because of his love. His love without limitations. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever living hope. The King James says, a lively hope. If you're born again today, we have an ever living hope. Hallelujah. How did that hope come? How did that hope come to us? It was through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. His boundless mercy. His boundless mercy. We have hope today. See, when Jesus went into that holy place by the blood of his blood and he went into that veil, what was he establishing? That it was finished, that it was done. That it was complete. Wow. We have hope today. God does not lie. He made an oath and he made a promise. All will come to pass. Let that promise. And let that oath. Let that thing that he's confined himself to. Let that be the anchor to your soul right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word in our lives today. Hallelujah. Go to Romans chapter 15. I mean, Romans chapter 5. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We have hope today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore being justified, this is verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where does your peace come from? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Remember what First Peter said, By his boundless mercy... We have an ever-living hope through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let that hope be an anchor to your soul today. Therefore, being justified by faith. Hallelujah. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Where are you standing today? Are you being tossed to and fro? Are you standing? See, when I, when I think about being anchored, hope being the anchor of my soul, I, I think about being stand. This word stand here is being positioned. It means being steadfast. It means to be established. By whom we have access, by faith, into this grace wherein we stand. Man, when I, when I just see that and I get a picture of this, you know, I get a picture just where the Hebrew said how Jesus entered in to that holy place as the high priest. 
But you know what happened is, is, is because he went there, hallelujah, because he went there, I could go there. Hallelujah. You know, Hebrews talks about that because we have a high priest that's touched with the feeling of our infirmities, that we come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain, hallelujah, mercy, that we may obtain grace and help in time of need. Amen. So, so when we come in that same place where Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and we're standing there, we're standing in that grace. But what does it tell us to do next? Hallelujah. Wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Let hope be the anchor of your soul. Hallelujah. Be positioned. Stand in that place, in that position where God has given us access. And what do we do now? Rejoice. In the glory of God. Rejoice in the glory of God. Hallelujah. Rejoice in the glory of God. We know what the glory of God is. The goodness of God. The power of God. The presence of God. Hallelujah. Stand and rejoice. That word rejoice there means to boast. It means to make much of. It means to declare. It means to talk about it. Hallelujah. So what are we to we to do? By grace, wherein we stand, and what do we? We boast of the goodness of God. We boast in the glory of God. We boast in the power of God. We boast in the presence of God. Right now, you need to just stand up right where you are if you can. And, and I'm telling you, you just rejoice in his goodness. Hallelujah. Rejoice in his goodness. Rejoice in his faithfulness. Re, we, re, we boast in the glory of God. But you see, this is all established. When your, when your heart is established in hope, because hope is the anchor of our soul. Hallelujah. And remember, hallelujah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hallelujah. If you don't have hope, you can't have faith. What is hope? Hope is the blueprint. It's the picture that our faith rests upon. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You can be seated if you're in your home still standing. Hallelujah. We rejoice and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory. This is a different glory. This is a different glory, meaning we glory in the tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Meaning when I'm in the midst of difficulties, patience is working. Hallelujah. And when patience is working, I have experience. And what happens when I'm walking through experience, I have hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Now get a hold of this. Hope maketh not ashamed. Now let me remind you, what is our hope built upon? Two immutable things. And God can't lie. What are those two things? His promise and his oath. That's what our hope is built upon. And what does he say? And hope maketh not a shame. Hope. Hope is an expectation. Hope is a blueprint on the inside of you. Hope maketh not ashamed. Hope. The word ashamed there means disappointed. 
Think about it. Hope, my expectation will not be disappointed. Wow. My hope will not be disappointed. What blueprint do you have in your heart today? God spoke a prophetic word to us. And I'm, I, I believe that is an oath and that's a promise. And he can't lie. Hope maketh not ashamed. My hope will not be disappointed. My hope will not be ashamed. My hope, the vision on the inside of me, the word that he's placed in me, his word on the inside of me will not come back void. His word on the inside of me will not be disappointed. Why? Because of the love of God that God has shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Because he loves me, because he cares for me, I'm telling you, this hope, this picture on the inside of me, it will come to pass. All will come to pass. I want you to hold on. In fact, and know that that you, you know that God loves you. I'm telling you what he's promised you will come to pass. In Jesus name. The picture on the inside of me. His promises on the inside of me will not be disappointed because the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's one of the reasons I believe when God says the greatest things he said, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of all these things are love because everything is built upon love. See, when you know how much he loves you, it causes, it causes your, your hope to be established. And when your hope is established, I'm telling you, faith has something to rest in and persevere no matter what it looks like. Thank you, Father. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 9. Thank you, Father. Zechariah chapter 9. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank God for the word today. Hope. Hope. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Hope is a refuge that we flee to. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In verse 9, let's start in the Amplified. This is a prophetic scripture, scripture talking about the coming of our King. And it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your King comes to you. He is just and having salvation, triumphant and victorious, patient, meek, lowly, riding on a donkey, upon a colt, the foal of a donkey. Hallelujah. Verse 10, and I will cut off and exterminate the war chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak the word and peace shall come to the nations. Wow. What is this saying? This is a prophetic scripture about Jesus. 
And here we're about to enter in the, as we celebrate the last week of Jesus' life and Jesus entered in riding on a donkey. And what does it say about him? It says, I will cut off what Ephraim did. I will cut, I, I, I will cut off the war horse that, that has tried to eliminate Jerusalem. And then he talks about the battle bow shall be cut off. And what happens? And he shall speak. This one riding on a donkey. Hallelujah. Shall speak the word and peace shall come to the nations. You see, when God speaks a word, all of a sudden now it becomes a covenant. Anything God speaks is now has an oath attached to it and he's confined to it. He shall speak the word and what have and peace shall come. You see, there's always peace attached to his word. And peace shall come to the nations and his dominion shall be from sea to sea. And from river to the ends of the earth. Wow. This is all about his word. Thank you, Father. As for you also, because of and for sake of, this the Amplified. As for you also, because of and for the sake of the covenant of the Lord with his people, which was sealed with the sprinkled covenant blood. I want you to see covenant like you've never seen it before. Because I'm telling you, it's in this covenant. Our hope rests. And as Hebrews said, they fled to the refuge of that hope. And that hope would be the anchor to their soul. As for you also, because of and for the sake of the covenant of the Lord with his people, which was sealed with sprinkled covenant of blood, I have released and sent forth your imprisoned people out of the waterless pit. And think about it. because of the word that was spoken, because of this covenant, this covenant made by blood, I spoke this. And because of what I spoke, it released them from bondage. It released them from captivity. And verse 12 says, return to the stronghold. Now, this word stronghold means turn about. It also means to be converted. It says, so as, so verse 12, return, turn about to the stronghold of security and prosperity. Return to the stronghold. That sounds like refuge to me. Repent. Be converted. Return. Because of what the, the Lord spoke. Because of the, the covenant of the sprinkling of blood. Because of that. Return to the refuge. The stronghold of security and prosperity. And what does it say? You prisoners of hope. Wow. You prisoners of hope. I know that prisoners doesn't always sound like a good word. But this word prisoners means to be captivated by. It means to be bound by. Captivated by. And to be bound by hope. My prayer today for you. For the body of Christ and for this nation. Is that we would be prisoners of hope. My prayer for you as a pastor. That in this season. You would be captivated by hope. Because hope. Your hope. In God is your refuge. 
Hallelujah. Return to the stronghold. Get that. What is the stronghold of security and prosperity? You prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare. See, he's about to speak something. I'm declaring something. And remember when he speaks a word, all of a sudden now it's a covenant. I have released and sent forth your imprisoned people. Verse 12, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I'll restore double your formal prosperity to you. Hallelujah. You prisoners of hope, and I will restore double your prosperity. I declare double over you. As you, as you, as you, uh, hallelujah, as you have hope, as you're prisoners of hope, I declare you're going to see double in your life. Hallelujah, when the enemy is meant for evil, I declare God's going to turn it around for good. I declare just like Job lost everything in nine months, I declare at the end of his life, he got twice as much back. But all these things have to do with finding your refuge in the covenant that God has established with you and I as his people. Prisoners of hope. Go to verse 16. And the Lord, their God, will save them On that day. And the Lord their God will save them on that day as the flock of his people. For they shall be as the precious jewels of a crown. See, this is you. How great is God's goodness and how great is his beauty. Thank you, Father. Wow. See, that's that's where we continue to meditate on his goodness. How great is God's goodness and how great is his beauty and how great he will make Israel's goodliness and Israel's beauty. Grain shall make the young men thrive and the fresh wine, the maidens, meaning the bread and the wine is what's going to cause his people to thrive. His body and his blood is what's going to make establish this covenant. I'm telling you, I have hope today. I'm a prisoner of hope today because I know the covenant is for me. And that covenant was established by that word and his word doesn't change. And I'm telling you, it's an anchor to my soul. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Prisoners of hope. That's what we are. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Before I transition, I want to read something to you. You're on any social media. This is something I know you may have read. It's by uh, Pastor David Wilkerson in Times Square Church in 1986. He says, I see a plague coming on the world, and the bars and churches and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. And repentance will be the cry from the man of God in the pulpit. And out of it will come 
a third great awakening that will sweep America in the world. May we wisely use this time for repentance, renewal, revival, and restoration. As I read that, I got a picture. I got a picture of when Jesus was going to the other side with his disciples. And I was seeing the disciples and Jesus going to the other side as the church today. You know, Jesus spoke a word. He said, we're going to the other side. That's a covenant word. Jesus only said what he heard his father say. Meaning, God can't lie. Meaning, this is going to happen. It's a covenant word. It's a covenant word spoken by God. But yet, when the storms of life came... When the storm came and, and it said the waves were beating into the ship and, and it said until, until the ship became filled. You see, the disciples, the boat was filled, but I, I don't believe it was just the disciples. I, I believe, I believe it was, it wasn't just the boat that was being filled, but I believe it was the disciples' hearts. The disciples' hearts were filled. The hearts were filled with distress, oppression, worry, not sure how this is going to happen, how we're going to get through this, how we're going to get beyond this. And and you might be that same way today. God said, we're going to the other side. I I declare that as your pastor, we're going, you're going to the other side. And just as they were going to the other side, you know, know, when we see this story, we, we often see ourselves as the disciples. But I don't believe as, as Jesus died on the cross and for each one of us, I, I don't believe that we're to, to, to recognize ourselves as the disciples any longer. But I believe we're to see ourselves as Jesus. Where was Jesus? Jesus was, Jesus was in the back of the boat. Jesus was in the bottom of the ship. He was asleep on a pillow. Why was he asleep on the pillow? Why? Because hope was the anchor of his soul. Why was he asleep? Why? He had that rope tied around him to, to the source of covenant. And, he, and that rope was surrounding him. So therefore, he could rest in God and rest in his father. No. Why? Because God promised we're going to the other side. But yet the disciples came to him and, 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 and questioned. Master, don't you care that we perish? Don't we care that you, don't you care that we perish? See, that's always, the, that's always a question that comes into to the hearts of minds of, 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 of not just the world, but the church. Well, if God was God, why doesn't he do something about this? God, God, where are you? How come this is happening? How come this is going on? And the disciples were the same way. Don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care that we're about to go down, that we're about to drown? Jesus, they went and got Jesus in the lower part of the boat. The one who was founded upon the rock, the one whose refuge his hope was in. He got up and he spoke to the sea and he said, peace be still. See, as a church, we, we aren't to be the voice of worry. We're not to be the voice of talking about the problem. We're to be the voice of hope, the voice of hope to this generation. Heard a definition of leadership years ago, and one of the primary things of leadership, definition of leadership is, is, is the responsibilities of leadership is, is a leader keeps hope alive. And I believe we are to be leaders in the world. And I think, I know now more than ever, we are to keep hope alive. And we are to be like Jesus in the bottom of the boat that steps up on the, the side of that boat and says, peace, be still. 
What did Jesus tell the disciples? He told them, how is it you have no faith? Jesus wasn't trying to be condescending. So this isn't about you having greater faith than the rest of the world. Not talking about how great your faith is. See, where is your... He said, how is it you have no faith? See, they had no faith because they had no hope. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Why could Jesus speak to the storm? Because his soul was anchored in hope. So be anchored in hope. Like I said, I believe we're not to be like the disciples and identify with the disciples. I believe we're to identify with Jesus. The amazing thing is, is is they went to the other side. God wasn't trying to test their faith. God wasn't trying to see what they they were made of. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Coronavirus has come to steal, kill, and destroy. By going to the other side, God wasn't testing their faith. God wasn't trying to see what they were made of. The enemy was trying to kill them. The enemy was trying to destroy humanity. Why? Because on the other side, there was a demon-possessed man. Because when they got to the other side, Jesus and the disciples got out of that boat. And immediately there was a demon-possessed man came. And Jesus cast out the demon. And set that man free. But not only that, but he that man stayed there. And all of a sudden, God, Jesus told the man and said, stay here and tell what happened. And what happened? He preached the gospel. He preached his testimony to all of Decapolis, 10 surrounding cities. And it said all those cities, those 10 surrounding cities, they marveled at the signs and the wonders. And I believe we're in a season where when we come through this storm, I believe and rest my faith in this prophetic word that we're stepping in through the greatest awakening this world has ever seen. And we are going to be just like Jesus. And people are going to be set free and they're going to in turn set others free and change cities and change nations. Why? Because Jesus is coming.